Welcome back, everyone. I, I don't want to downplay it. This is tough. This is one of the worst markets I've ever seen. My portfolio, the story funds down $43,000. Now on a holding basis on my capital that I've invested, that's around 32% down. So tech stocks are just getting obliterated. I don't like seeing this money that I'm losing, right? Even though it's, it's unrealized, I haven't sold out. It still hurts to see unrealized losses. We have the entire stock market today just getting crushed. Look at these numbers. The NASDAQ is down 3.7% just today. And this is off of two of the worst days in the market last week. Then we have the S&P 500 down 3%, the Dow Jones down 2%. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the S&P 500 has entered back into bear market territory. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are also getting crushed today. Bitcoin has fallen to 24,000, which is an 18-month low. Things have gotten so bad that Robert Kiyosaki, the author of one of my favorite books, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that was one of the books that really got me started with dividend investing and buying productive assets and wanting to own uh, you know, things that produced something and brought money back to me. This was the author of that amazing book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he says, the best investment, this is just this morning, he tweeted this out, the best investment, cans of tuna fish. Inflation's about to take off. The best investments are cans of tuna and baked beans. You can't eat gold, silver, or Bitcoin. You can't eat cans of tuna and baked beans. Food's most important. Starvation's the next problem. Invest in the solution. Take care. What? This is the rich dad, poor dad author. What happened to buying productive assets? What happened? What happened to this guy? Now he's saying to buy cans of tuna and baked beans to to stave off starvation. This is how things have changed in this market. The fair and greed index shows that we're back to a 17 extreme fair category. So there's no other way to put it. Things are bad right now and I want to get to the bottom of it. So let's go ahead and go through this news and I'll outline what I think is the number one reason, the overriding reason that the market's selling off right now. Now, before we jump into that, I have to do a portfolio update because I believe in transparency, especially when things are bad, especially when it's tough to be transparent. It's easy to be transparent when things are good, when the stock market's going up. That's when everyone, every content creator across YouTube and TikTok and Twitter, they all love to show off their their transparency in their portfolios when things are moving up. And that's easy to do. When this portfolio was $22,000 in the green, that was very easy to get up and say, hey, look, I'm being transparent. Here's all the gains I'm making. Now that it's moved down $43,000 in the red, just today it's down 5%, $4,500 in the red, it's much more difficult to be transparent. It's much easier to want to just talk about other things than show what's happening with your portfolio. But I believe in transparency and I think that it's important for new investors to know that you can go through times like this. It's okay. This is part of market cycles. They don't only go up in a straight line. If you look back in the big history graphs of like the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones, if you zoom out far enough, it just looks like these little squiggles. But some of those squiggles are like 20% down. Some of those squiggles are accounts losing $40,000. So over a huge timeline, the market goes up. But when you're zoomed in on the day-to-day, it feels incredibly bad, right, to have these type of uh, losses. Now, with my invested capital in this portfolio, I'm down $40,000, which is 32%. Now, this is all unrealized gains. So I haven't lost any money uh, based off of my sales. I have lost money that are unrealized gains, meaning that I simply just haven't sold the companies yet. And I think this is important to keep in mind. Here's what I'm doing with this portfolio, just to be transparent with it, just to outline my strategy. 
Many people during market sell-offs, they become short-term focused. They focus on swing trades and they focus on market momentum and they want to get out of the market when things are going down. They want to buy back into the market when things are going good. That is called momentum trading. It's incredibly popular. It's making up a bigger and bigger portion of investors. I have refused to participate in momentum trading, not because I don't think it's real or I don't think people are good at it. It's just not something that I wanted to focus on. When I do research on all of the people that have been the best investors, the best investors I've ever read about, whether it's Howard Marks, who has beat the market for a very long period of time, or Warren Buffett, or Charlie Munger, or Peter Lynch, or Nick Sleep, or any of them that have steadily beat the market over long periods of time, they didn't do it by momentum trading. That's not usually the way that I see a lot of the best investors beating the market. I'm sure there's some out there, but that's not the way that I want to mimic. What I'm trying to do is have a buy and hold strategy where I buy solid companies, I think at reasonable prices, and I hold through market volatility. And this is the most important and most difficult part of that challenge. The biggest thing these guys did, all of them, Nick Sleep, when he held Amazon and Costco for 20 years, he had to hold through extreme volatility. Buffett had to hold through multiple times where Berkshire traded down over 50%. Howard Marks has had to hold through extreme volatility. All of them had to keep a level head. They had to refuse panicking when everyone else around them was panicking. That is the challenge. That's why Buffett says that temperament is the most important thing. Not having a high IQ, not being well-educated, having the right temperament. Peter Lynch said it a little bit differently, but it's basically the same thing. He says the most important organ in the body is not the brain, it's the stomach. You're able to stomach having downturns. Peter Lynch had his fund go down nine times over 15%, and every time the market went down, his went down more. But he had a strong stomach and he held through those volatile times. So what I plan on doing is not panicking. What I plan on doing is continuing to hold through this volatility for as long as it takes. And I realize that this might take a year or two to recover, but I'm going to hold on to these companies as long as they remain fundamentally strong companies. And right now, Amazon is something that nobody wants in this market. I was buying it at 152 and it's currently trading at like 100 bucks. So investors went out of Amazon and meanwhile, their moat has grown. AWS has grown. Their infrastructure has doubled. Amazon Prime has more members than ever. The company's future looks as bright as ever, but the stock price is going down. And the same thing can be said for a lot of these companies. The fundamentals are very strong. That's what I focus on, not on the short-term volatility of the market. And over the grand scheme, I think this will be short-term lived. Now, I will say that in the meantime, this has been difficult, right? I want my portfolio to go up every day, every month with consistency. That would be great, but I don't think that's the way it's going to work, especially if you're investing in these companies. So that's my thought process. I'm not doing momentum trading. I'm not selling out and buying in. In fact, I have done zero trades in this portfolio for the past two weeks. I just haven't bought or sold anything. I've just been holding on. And I plan on doing that until at least 2025. I plan to continue to hold and then maybe do incremental buys in companies that I think I've traded down to unreasonably low valuations. Every one of these companies, I believe, have significant moats. The only one that's being challenged right now is Netflix. Their moat's being challenged. But every other company, I think, has very significant stable moats. And in most places, they're growing their moat. Apple is growing its moat. I think that Amazon is growing its moat. So these companies are growing. Their profitability is growing. I've done underwriting and I've looked at the next five years and I think they'll have significantly more free cash flow. And that's tough to keep a focus on during times where the entire market's melting down. But that's what I'm looking at. 
My companies are fundamentally strong. They're growing their moat. They're growing their free cash flow. And the valuations on these companies are not unreasonable in my opinion. Now, every week I do a comparison benchmark of my portfolio against the S&P 500. This is as if I bought the S&P 500 at the same time with the same dollar amounts. So it's a completely accurate, transparent way to compare the two. Now, my portfolio is underperforming SPY. It's down 31.87%. The S&P 500 has entered into the red if I were to have invested in that. It's down 4%. So you can see right here, it's kind of mimicking the same, you know, the, the same type of returns, but it's a little bit more volatile, higher beta. So when the market goes up, my portfolio jumps up quite a bit more. When the market goes down, my portfolio goes down quite a bit more. So I suspect as the market continues to trade down, mine will continue to trade down at a higher speed. But again, like Peter Lynch said, his portfolio always traded down further than the market during every single sell-off. But he held on to great companies when the market uh, started to bottom out, when it started to turn back around, those companies took off. So I'm going to be patient and continue to hold, but this is what it looks like right now. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel and you can follow along with the progress of this portfolio for free. I'll continue to show it. And by the way, I haven't given up. I'm going to continue to show my progress until at least the end of 2025. So we're going to see my portfolio and I haven't given up. I'm going to try to beat the S&P 500. Even though I'm down a lot right now, I've seen my companies. I've seen many of my companies surprise to the upside and go up 15, 20% in one day. So things can change very quickly. Now, what is causing the sell-off? That's the big question everyone has. I think the answer is pretty simple. In my opinion, this is it. Inflation rose 8.6%. The forecasters were forecasting 8.3%. I was forecasting around the same as the forecasters. In fact, I thought that inflation would be around the same that it was last month. But the big thing that caused inflation to spike up was fuel prices, oil prices. Oil has gotten so expensive and it caused the overall inflation metric to be bumped up significantly, beating the or going above the expectations of the uh, the economists. So inflation is almost at 9%. And this is, I think, the big problem. I think this is really what's causing the markets to sell off. Everything across the board is in the red. We have literally every single company aside from Coca-Cola in the red. Pepsi's down 0.33%. Even the oil companies themselves are in the red. ExxonMobil's down and Chevron's down. And again, I think inflation is the big reason why, at least indirectly. When inflation comes in above expectations, when it goes up month over month, when it should be coming down, it signals to the Fed that this is a growing problem and you need to be more aggressive. So instead of raising interest rates by half a percentage point, now 0.75% is on the table. In fact, that's pretty likely. And that raises indirectly the interest and yield on the two-year treasury. The two-year treasury is now up to 3.2%. This is a risk-free return. This is backed by the U.S. government. So you can buy the two-year treasury and get a 3.2%, which in this market, it's not sounding too bad. It's still losing money to inflation, but at least you're not losing money to everything, right? In, in crypto, you're losing money. In stocks, you're losing money. Everywhere else, you're losing money. So the two-year treasury actually looks better right now. So the risk-free rate is the discount rate. And that makes it so that every other investment is worth less money. We can look at the 10-year treasury. The 10-year treasury is at 3.3%. So right now, the two-year and the 10-year treasury are trading pretty close to each other. They're both moving up today as well, which is not good for equity prices. Warren Buffett has pointed this out many times, but he did again recently. This was just this year. He said interest rates are the most important thing in determining stock values. 
So no matter what you're doing in terms of analysis and valuation, you have that little thing called the discount rate, which you're discounting future interest rates. That's one of the big things that you discount. As you raise the discount rate, the value of your asset goes down dramatically. And that's what you're seeing happen here. If inflation goes higher, it causes interest rates to be pushed up more and more. As interest rates go up, the value of all risk on assets goes down. Every other investment goes down because a risk-free rate goes up. This is the simple math that Warren Buffett points out over and over again. So in summary, inflation is above expectations, causing the Fed to become more aggressive, causing interest rates to go up quicker, causing equity values to fall. That is the chain event. That's the dominoes. But it all starts with inflation. I think that inflation is the major catalyst right now causing the equity markets to fall. Now, just to give some context on historical valuations, we can take a look at this right here. This is from the Wall Street Journal, and this is the forward P.E. ratio of the S&P 500. So we have the S&P 500 index right there. The forward P.E. estimate is 17.6. So SPY's trading at the past 10 years average, which is 17.6. So you might be saying, well, look, that's the last 10-year average, right? Well, in the last 10 years, we haven't had record inflation. So even though this is trading in line at a reasonable valuation, if you're looking at the past decade, it's not really comparable because the past decade, we haven't had 8% inflation. In fact, we've had sub 2% inflation in the past 10 years, almost no inflation. It's been pretty good in terms of inflation. Now we have 8.6% inflation. To give this context with historical valuations, this chart lays out the historical inflation rates. So we have from 0% to 12% inflation. Then we have the historical average P.E. ratio of the S&P 500. And if you look at this and we go down to 8% here, between 8 and 9% inflation, the historical P.E. average of the S&P 500 was 8, an 8 price to earnings. Right now we're at a 17. So this is not comparable to the past 10 years. And if inflation stays at this 8 to 10% range, for a long period of time, that's really what the discounted cash flow analysis and the future cash flows of companies are being discounted by. You better believe that the stock market's going to continue to fall. The stock market cannot stay at today's valuations with 8 to 10% inflation. That just can't happen. The companies that you own will be worth less if interest rates go up that much. So that's what we're looking at here. If inflation stays at this elevated 8 to 10% level for a long period of time, then you can expect your portfolio to come down significantly in value. And it also depends on the type of companies you own, the type of investments you're making. The longer out the cash flows are, the more they are in the future. So the companies like uh, like Twilio, like Palantir, any company that's not earning a lot of cash flows right now, but the expectations are that they will sometime in the future, those are the ones that are going to get hurt the worst. Because when you have inflation going up, you have interest rates going up, the future cash flows 10 years out are worth less and less. You can see this illustrated right here. ARK Invest is down 61% over just the past six months. Just today, it's down 8.25%. The simple reason why is because Kathy Wood invests in a lot of companies that don't make a lot of cash flows today, but they do have expectations of high amounts of cash flows five to 10 years in the future. And as discount rates go up, as inflation goes up, as interest rates go up, those cash flows in the future are discounted to a huge extent. We can look at another example, Tiger Global here. This is one of the best funds in the market for the past 20 years. They had absolutely astounding returns, just crushed it in the market. Other investors wanted to be like Tiger Global. 
Now in one year, they're down 50%. They lost all of their gains in a single year because again, they invest in a lot of these companies that have their cash flows way out in the future and the market wants nothing to do with those right now as interest rates are moving up. Now we have the counter example we can look at, the Vanguard Value Index Fund. This is without dividends, which these companies typically pay big dividends. It's down 7% over the past six months. Over the past year, it's only down 4%. So value companies, which have their cash flows today, not out in the future, they're discounted to a lesser extent because they're already producing high amounts of cash flows. So a lot of what you're seeing right now is just simple discounting. Inflation's higher than expected, interest rates are gonna go up faster than expected, and the companies that have their cash flows out in the future are being discounted. Now, I also wanna touch on one other subject, which is the possibility of a recession and unemployment going higher. We have articles from the Wall Street Journal, from Bloomberg that outline, I think, some important information on this. Now, before we get into that, I have to do a quick shout out for today's sponsor of the video, which is FTX. They're known as a large regulated US crypto exchange. Now, uh, people have mentioned this before. They say, you know, why are you sponsored by FTX when they're like a crypto exchange and I don't own any crypto? And that's true. Now, I have a similar view as many other value investors on cryptocurrencies. Because I can't come up with a discounted cash flow analysis or an intrinsic valuation, or I can't look at the profitability projections over the next 10 years, I simply avoided them. And it's the same reason I avoid gold, cryptocurrencies, or paintings, or any other commodity. I try to invest in companies that produce a lot of cash flow over the next 10 years. And even though FTX is widely known as the cryptocurrency exchange, they want people to know that they're moving out to other verticals. One of them is stocks, and that's something that I do. Now, the stock platform is currently in beta. It's gonna be in beta for the next couple of weeks, but it will soon be released to everyone. So if you sign up for FTX right now, you will have the stock portion available online and web in just a week or two. So it's coming soon, and it's pretty simple. You can type in any company, you can buy and sell fractional shares, there's no fees. They also don't do payment for order flow, which is kind of nice. Uh, you can trade anytime the market's open, and it just works uh, perfectly. I haven't had any issues with it. Now, I know it's crazy to be saying this, but I have been buying stocks even in today's market. And I know people are saying, avoid the market, get out, it's time to panic and run away. I'm not doing that. I'm continuing to buy. So you can sign up for this now completely free. It takes two minutes. I put some links in the description. There's one for the web and one for mobile. When you're signing up, make sure to use the refer code uh, Carlson, my last name. And that gives you $10 when you deposit $100. So try that out and let me know what you think because I think you'll enjoy it. All right, now back to the video. We have a headline straight out of the Wall Street Journal just today. Higher unemployment rate looms as the Fed fights inflation. See, the Fed has two mandates. They have a dual mandate to have stable pricing, which means not having unpredictably high inflation. That's not stable pricing. They consider stable pricing to be 2% inflation a symmetric 2% inflation. Their other mandate is low unemployment. And right now, the Fed has low unemployment. So they're checking that box, unemployment's low, but they have prices out of control with record high inflation. So now the big problem has shifted away from unemployment, which was COVID 2020, right? That was unemployment to stable pricing. So the Fed is going to swerve from fixing one issue to the other. And the issue is they might overcorrect, right? They might swerve too much. So let's see how they're going to do this. They say the policymakers also could project somewhat higher unemployment rates over the next two years than they had anticipated earlier this year. Because as inflation goes higher, that means the Fed's rising interest rates faster. Interest rates also have the effect of slowing down the economy, which slowing down the economy slows down 
employment and job growth, employability, right? It makes companies less profitable so they can hire less employees. They say the unemployment rate has been 3.6% near its record lows of 3.5%. And this is the scary part. I think this is actually the frightening part. This 3.5% unemployment rate, I think is coming to an end, which means this job environment that we've been in, where you can get a job anywhere, almost doing anything, and it pays decent because companies are desperate for employees, demand has never been higher, they have high amounts of profitability, so they can hire a lot of people. This environment isn't going to last forever. And in my opinion, I think it's coming to an end relatively soon. So this is where I want to give one piece of advice in this video. If you don't have three months of savings, three months of being able to survive from one job to another, you need to save up three months. That is what I would be doing in this situation. Diversify your income streams, pay off high interest loans, don't take on a lot of debt, and have three months of savings. If you manage your finances conservatively, you don't have to concern yourself from day to day with being laid off in the future, having potential employment issues, because that can happen to anyone, basically in any industry. And the best way to prepare for it is by simply having a few months of savings. So if you haven't done that, I really would recommend that you do that. Build up three months of savings, pay off high interest loans, manage your finances conservatively so you don't have to be stressed with your job. Now, the other piece of news here is what's priced in and what isn't. Now investors are starting to price in more of a risk of recession, earnings growth going down for companies. And with this last inflation report, they say that the peak inflation narrative is starting to crumble. Quote, the high inflation print has put a dent to the peak inflation and the peak Fed hawkishness narrative. Now, that was my narrative as well. That's what I believed. I thought that two months ago, there's a decent chance that inflation would be the highest that we'd see all year. And just last month, it was higher, just a little bit higher. Now, I still think there's a chance it could start to trend down towards the end of the year, especially if oil prices go down. But it is putting a dent in the peak inflation narrative. And the Fed needs to become more hawkish. They're going to raise interest rates. The problem is that takes a while to take effect. The Fed raises interest rates and we see the real effect in inflation like six months later. So they have to balance overshooting it and undershooting it. And there's lots of debates going on about that. But the certainty here is, is that now 75 basis points are being priced in to a higher extent than they used to be. Meaning every investor knew that the Fed was going to raise interest rates by half a percent. Now they're saying there's a good chance they'll raise it by 75 points, right? They raise it by 75 points. That needs to be further discounted in asset prices. So again, all that's going on right now, this whole theme is inflation causing interest rates to go up, interest rates going up, causing everything else to go down. All the risk assets are going down. And then you throw in a little bit of recession risk on top of that, and it adds even more scare, even more fear into the market. So that's my take on it. I think that right now is one of the worst times in the market. There's too many bad things going on at once for investors to really stay bullish. So even though right now things are crazy difficult and there's so many bad factors, you can name off everything from China, Russia and Ukraine, inflation, logistics, so on and so forth. I do see brighter days ahead. I think that at some point, some of these things will start to unravel and things will move in a positive direction. It always has throughout history. Every investor for the past 100 years, if they invested long enough, they're going through time periods similar to what we're going through now. They've had their challenges of their day. And I think this is one of ours. So I'm going to stay patient. I'm going to stay invested. Let me know what you're doing. If you have a different strategy, I'd be interested to know. But that's my thoughts for now.